Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses us, each and every one of us, in the plural, saying, O you who have iman, seek help in prayer and in sabr, in fortitude. And this is a big difficult thing except for those who have khushur, those who know that they are to face their Lord and that their returning is to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse is offering us help and assistance. It's like the red buttons and strings in various places in this building. If you press one or pull one, maybe some kind of help will arrive. This one is let down from heaven. And the Creator, Tabaraka wa ta'ala, will never grow angry if we press that red button. Or if we pull that red string. Never. Never in the history of the heavens and the earth has he grown angry with anyone who called upon him. He loves to be called upon. He is al-mujib, the one who responds. This is his nature. So what's the nature of this red button? He says, find help in prayer, salat, namaz, and in sabr. He's not saying you must do these things, he is saying they will help you. This is how you deal with the difficulties of dunya. This is how you protect yourself against the harshnesses of akhirah. These things are there only to help you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs no help. Last week in the khutbah, we looked at the beginnings of the great hadith that begins at tahoru shatrul iman. Purity or purification is half of iman. And we saw how it goes on. Alhamdulillah, tamla'ul mizan, was salatu nur, was sadaqatu burhan. Amazing hadith that includes really everything we need to know. All the basics are here. He has, alayhi salatu wasalam, certain hadiths that are very specific on a particular subject. This is how you make tayammum. It's a hadith about that. But this is one of the hadiths that are called jawami al-kalim. A hadith that includes so many things, it's comprehensive. And he says... Purity is half of religion. Alhamdulillah fills up the balance. The prayer is a light. The sabr is a luminosity. There's a difference between diya and nur in Arabic, which we may speak about. They're not the same. And the Quran is an argument for you or against you. So this prayer is a light. What does that mean? Does it mean that if I come into the mosque in the middle of the night when there's no light at all and I start to pray that somehow the light switch goes on? No, obviously what is being spoken of here is a different kind of light, a spiritual light, a subtle light, the light that is from An-Nur, the one who calls himself the light. Nur al-samawati wal-ard. 
When he says he's the light of the heavens and the earth, he doesn't mean that his rays that travel at the speed of light and that are made up of photons and that scientists could think and speculate about. No, this is a different light. The light that in a very mysterious way that may dazzle our brains is about being itself. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the sustainer of the heavens and the earth. He is the point of origin and the point of return of the heavens and the earth, but he also tells us he is the light of the heavens and the earth. Surat al-Nur, Ayat al-Nur, who has not been moved to tears uh, when listening to that mysterious and wonderful verse. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. It's as though it's saying he is the reality of the heavens and the earth. When he creates heaven and earth bilhaq, with the truth, it is something like that. But clearly this is a mystery. Just as the light in the heart which the believer experiences is a mystery. Surgeon's not going to see it if he opens you up. It's just a piece of flesh. What is this light? And why is it connected to the divine name Noor, which seems to permeate everything in the heavens and the earth? Something that mysteriously is connected to that mysterious verse huh, that says, Wherever you turn, there is Allah's face. And the mind cracks and breaks under this strange paradox. Because what we know is, huh, wherever you turn, turn your face to the sacrosanct mosque. But he also says, Wherever you turn, there is his face. That's a deep mystery. We cannot say that we know what it means, except that we know everything that we encounter, past, present, future, that we know, that we do not know, in all of the universes, uh, is known to him, and is what he wills, and represents a particular arrangement of his perfect qualities in that time, because there's no other creator, no other musawwar, no other khaliq, no other bari. He alone is the author of all, Nothing can rival him. And the prayer is also called a light. Mm, what does this mean? And in many of these verses we find this idea of khushur linked to it. What does this mean? Ista'inu bisabri wa salah wa innaha la kabiratun illa ala al-khashi'in. Seek help. The red string in prayer and in Sabr, and it's hard, except for the people of Khushur. So here's another divine support. He's telling us how to make this thing easier. Not only is he offering us these sources of help, these help points, as we might say nowadays, but also guiding us to them and explaining how to make their use as easy as possible. SubhanAllah. He says Khushur, that is the key. And what is this khushur that must be there uh, in these two things? Not just the prayer, but in the sabr. And the sabr is basically every effort that we make to avoid what he does not like and to live according to the beautiful and luminous pattern of life which is shown to us by the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That requires sabr. Khushur. He is telling us, he's given us the clue, he's spelling it out for us. We don't need to think or speculate or work it out. It's there. And he says elsewhere, 
قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون. The people of Iman are successful. Those who have khushu' in their prayers. The most obvious thing in the world is that if you're praying but inwardly you're not praying, you're thinking about your breakfast, or you're thinking about how tired you are, or you're thinking about catching your train, or you're thinking the things that we think. If we are honest, the mind filling with these insects of distraction, uh, even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has through the sunnah given us this beautiful outward form, which is the best possible way of directing the body to his worship. The khushu' that is in the ruku' and is in the sujood, what could be more helpful in assisting us towards this khushu' but it's not the same as the inward. We can be in sujood and the world can look at us and applaud and say, MashaAllah, but maybe the heart is not in sujood. Maybe the mind is far, far, far away. So this is what he is telling us. The prayer and sabr Difficult, but for the people of Khushu. So here is another clue. If it's difficult, the prayer can be difficult. Getting up at dawn, finding time to pray during the day, etc. These difficulties which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching our response to. He is raqib. And it's a kind of five times daily battle for the believer. Uh, shall we conform to this most beautiful of human practices, nothing more beautiful ever in the history of Bani Adam, in that time, or will we be checking our texts or catching up on sleep or whatever it is that the lower self wants to do? Five times a day we're given that challenge. Difficult, kabira, except for the people of Khushur. So he's offering us not only an explanation of how to do these things, but of how to make them easy. To the extent that you are in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you love the one who calls himself Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Al-Malik, Al-Quddus, Al-Salam, Al-Mu'min, Al-Muhaymin, Al-Aziz SubhanAllah, the most beautiful names and we're supposed to love beauty to the extent that you think about him and the mind finds that hard but you recall his perfection and his blessings and the fact that you are from him and from nowhere else and you are returning to him and to nowhere else and that you are under his judgment and scrutiny and under nobody else's in this dunya to that extent and you remember his blessings again and again and again every heartbeat is his gift every breath you take is his gift your children everything gift after gift after gift he does complain about us he says few of my servants are grateful this is true. But the best opportunity we have to show our gratitude is the way he has shown us through the Holy Prophet in that extraordinary night of the Mi'raj, uh, which is the Salat. It is an opportunity to say thank you. Who is more miserable than the person who snatches a gift, doesn't think much about it, and doesn't say thank you? Like a child that takes the sweet and doesn't say thank you to whoever has given the child. This is not the way of adults. No. We are to be shakirin. If we have that shukr, if we truly love our Creator, if we love the Chosen One, alayhi salatu wasalam, and we know why He is called in the hadith Habibullah, Allah's beloved, what could be more beloved to us than to worship Him at the time He says is best for us? 
according to the way that his chosen one, the best of creation, has shown us to be the best thing a human being can ever do. What generosity. That's the best way of expressing gratitude. Sometimes we think, oh, I must say my prayers because this is what we do and I'm afraid of Allah's anger. That's correct. The fear should be real. The one whose gifts are ignored has the right to be angry. But if we approach him out of love, love for what he is, for his beautiful names, for the blessings that he has bestowed upon us, for the majesty of his creation, for the beauty of it all, huh, what is easier than to come to the mosque? What is easier than to say, huh, another 30 seconds and alhamdulillah, I can pray Zuhur. Huh. So he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qurratu aini fi salat. This is hard to translate. Nobody speaks more beautifully than he does, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It means something like the coolness of my eye is in the salat, in the prayer. The coolness of one's eye, well, it means my greatest delight. My supreme pleasure of all the pleasures of dunya, akhirah, whatever, it's the prayer that he says is what he is about. He is Muhammad alayhi salatu salam. His name means the one who is praiseworthy, who is given to praise. And his name's Ahmad, Mahmoud. These are all to do with his status as man of praise. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So the one who guides us to this praise and explains this beautiful way of doing it. And alhamdulillah, if you think about it, it's not, it doesn't take long. It's not so difficult. Wudu is a beautiful thing to do. People should stay clean and fresh. What could be more beautiful? Who could object to it? Who in the world could say this is a bad thing to do? Unambiguous purity, goodness, the right thing to do at that hour. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enumerated the prayers due from each one of us. There's a number known to him. How many prayers does that person owe from the moment of his shahada or from the moment of his becoming adult, bulur, to his last breath? There's a number known to him. Uh, we should fulfill that number. This is like repaying a debt. But subhanAllah, repaying a debt come, is hard. What is more beautiful than this? It doesn't cost anything from the things of dunya, but instead brings us together in this most beautiful of all practices. Qurratu aini fi salat, he says, the delight of my is in prayer. So much he did in Medina. So much he did to change and uplift his people, to bring people together, reconciliation, to bring peace to the warring tribes. SubhanAllah. So much he has done for us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because but for him we would not be gathered here. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we need to bless him a lot. But of all those things, that which he loved most was this simple action of prayer. Five minutes, ten minutes, not so much, but subhanAllah. This is the most important practice of his that we need to respect and honour. And we need to converse with ourselves about this practice and whether we are honouring it sufficiently. The Lord of the world has honoured us with being. 
He has honored us with the gift of Islam and the Quran. He has honored us with the chosen messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He has honored us with the gift of the prayer, which is, carries with it the fragrance of the mi'raj. He has honored us. Karamna bani Adam. We have ennobled the descendants of Adam. Are we going to honor the commandments by which we give thanks for this ennoblement? Or are we going to wander off and look at somebody else's tweets or whatever it is that we think is important at that moment? We need to have that conversation with ourselves because the prayer is nothing but purity, hygiene, outward, inward, remembrance, mindfulness, everything about it is good. So he loves it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know that when it was time for the prayer, and he chose the man from Ethiopia with that beautiful voice, Bilal al-Habashi. And he would say, Arihna biha ya Bilal. Give us peace, Bilal. The adhan, and that amazing voice, which amongst us would not want to hear just one adhan from Hazrat Bilal, subhanAllah, with that voice of perfect faith, the one who is liberated who refused to give way to his slave owner's idolatry, who was tortured for Allah and who enjoyed the love of the Chosen One, sallallahu alayhi wa What faith, what purity, what beauty must have been in that voice? Those who heard it, their hearts must have melted. And they must have experienced this khushu' the khushu' that makes the prayer and the sabr easier. Arihna biha, ya Bilal. Give us peace with it, Bilal. In this world of tumult and fitna, tribulation, complexity, issues, we need these times of stillness. The time, maybe our only time, when we know that what we are doing is exactly what we should be doing. And that can bring extraordinary peace to the heart. Until we say at the end of it, what do we say? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah to either side. So when we have this gratitude for this way of showing gratitude, there is an inward peace, harmony, calm that ensues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us to give thanks and praise and rewards us with this beautiful inner sense of rightness, of serenity. Uh, of having been in the right place, doing the right thing, unambiguously hearing the right things, saying the right things, uh, if only for a few minutes each day, we get it right for those times, which then go on, inshallah, to overflow, and their fragrance will affect and uplift and transform and rectify other things in our day, so that everything in the day is directed towards the Qibla. So perhaps this is some sense of what he means, alayhi salatu wasalam, when he says, as-salatu nur, the prayer is a light. The heart kind of understands what that means. It means to be fully connected to the whole symphony of praise. <coughs> Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal narrates a hadith in which the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam speaks of four things, arba' which are heavy in the balance. Four things we should be regularly saying as part of our dhikr. Subhanallah, walhamdulillahi, wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu akbar. The Holy Prophet put them in that order and this is a very important dhikr for us. It begins, Subhanallah. The Quran often says, Subhanallah. When we look at creation, when we look at Allah's wonders and his gifts, we say, Subhanallah, and this is part of uh, our 
aqidah and about iman. But the Quran begins with the salat, when we stand in the pure place with pure bodies and pure hearts, we say, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. We've said the Allahu Akbar, which means what we know, which is that Allah is greater than everything else we've been doing. The takbir is to remind us that this is more important. And then, not subhanallah, but alhamdulillah. There's a difference. The ulama say alhamdulillah is higher than subhanallah. What does that mean? Subhanallah is what we say in order to indicate that we know what Allah is not. We say, the Qur'an says, Subhanallahi amma yasifun, Subhanallahi amma yushrikun. Glorified is Allah, transcendent is He, above what they associate to Him or what they attribute to Him. He is above that. So when we say Subhanallah, it's because we are affirming that Allah is not something. He is not associated with the hawadith, the things that come and go in this world. He's not in things. He doesn't have a direction. All of those aqidah things, we say, above that. Transcendent, Munazza. And when we say Alhamdulillah, we are saying what Allah is. How do we know? The heart will tell us if the heart is sound and if the light is there. But the revelation also tells us. So we begin the prayer with Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Praise be to Allah. Lord of the worlds, and then the revelation tells us what he is, and why we are here, and why we are praying, and what we are for, and our noble destiny. Praise be to Allah, Lord of the worlds, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawm, Deen, all of that. And then, when we have affirmed that, then of course, what do we want to do? Address him. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. We worship you, and again we ask for your help. We want him to be our mu'ayn, our helper, because we're helpless, <laughs> really helpless. We live for a few decades, we always get sick, we always forget things, we mess up. Man is created weak, we need his help. The Fatiha is there to give us an opportunity to ask for his help, to praise him and to worship him and to ask for his help. But the precondition of this is the khushu'. If the mind is elsewhere, and these are just words, he may respond out of his generosity, but he may not. So again, we come back to this point, the khushu'. What is this? The believer knows. Khushu' means to be a little bit broken, humble in the presence of somebody powerful, who can bestow favours. It means to be needy, to be help, to be helpless. On the Day of Judgment, we're told everybody will be really quiet. The voices will be quiet because of the all-merciful. And you hear only whispering. All of the bragging and the shouting and the yelling, no. He is present. We know what is happening. No more veils. That is how we should be. And Allah also says, and perhaps you know, the best way always of understanding these words in the Qur'an is to look at 
elsewhere in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَرَى الْأَرْضَ خَاشِعَةً وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنَّكَ تَرَى الْأَرْضَ خَاشِعَةً فَإِذَا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْهَا الْمَاءَ اَهْتَزَّتْ وَرَبَتْ And of his signs is that you see the earth in khushu' the land, the earth, the mud, the soil, in khushu' and when we send the rain, the water down upon it, it starts to move and shake and grow the miracle of life. Anywhere, wherever you are on earth, water is what brings the earth to life. So Allah here is saying that there is khushu' in the earth. On its own, it's helpless. What can it do? It's just mud, turab, nothingness, the lowest thing. It requires something. So our hearts are to be like that. We are supposed to be a little bit broken, humbled, humble people, not full of the ridiculous claim that we are important, that we have status, that we can strut about, that people will point to us. All of that is nonsense. We'll be rotting away in our graves sooner than we like. Humility, be aware, be real, get real. Because it's only when you're real and true with yourself that you can really come alive and be an integrated and whole human being. And then the water comes. What is the water? Well, dhikrullah, Allah's revelation. And then the extraordinary miracle of faith emerges. So this humility is important. We need to be humble people in order to get all of these blessings from the salat. Because it's difficult except for the khashi'ain, except for the people of khushu'a. This becomes, therefore, a key human virtue. Not just one in a long list of fazail that we need to know, but it's absolutely fundamental. And the khushu'a, ha'huna, it's in the heart. It is about humility. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unveil to us the beauty of the prayer, which is the great gift of the mi'raj, which carries with it something of the fragrance and the dignity and the miracle of that extraordinary night. We ask him to give us respect for Allah's book, which we recite and which is the jewel in the heart of our prayers. His speech, not ours, not that of any human being, but God's own speech, which in his generosity he has given to this ummah and which we cherish as our most precious jewel in the mihrab and in our ears and on the walls and it's our light. It is Allah's book. The miracle of the Quran. It comes with him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, at the moment of Iqra. But we also know that Allah's speech is in some, again, mentally difficult way uncreated. It is part of the infinite world. And that is what we come to the mosque to be honored by, to hear eternity, God's own speech, the great mystery. There will never be anything in our lives more important than that. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this khushur, give us humility, banish from us the stupid vice of pride, and help us to be people whose hearts are atta attached to the mosques, so that there is nothing in their life they find more healing and more delicious and more important than saying the prayers on time and insha'Allah with other luminous hearts. May Allah give us this virtue of khushu' and sabr and make us people of salat insha'Allah and make us people of shukr for our creator 
blessed is he. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين إنه هو الغفور الرحيم.